0: Back to Mike and Maurice's mind escape. Let us help you escape your mind. This is Mind Escape. We have episode number 126 today. uh, A a review of Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, or CE5, uh, which is Dr. Stephen Greer's new documentary. Uh, Our guest today is Matt Tiller, our resident UFO, UAP, alien guy. And um, check out his YouTube channel, Tiller for Riller. I have the link down below. And uh, also I have the link to his website down below as well. Uh, if you want to, you can check out our Patreon as well. We have exclusive content on there for $2 a month. We have, you know, interviews, audio, tons of stuff on there. So go check that out. But, uh, so today we're going to be talking, we've been doing psychedelics and philosophy and a lot of awesome things. And today we're going to kind of pivot a little bit, uh, in the last day and a half, all three of us have watched this documentary. So this is just our take and review of it. And, um, welcome back on Matt.
1: Thanks, guys. Yeah, it was it was a really good documentary. I liked it a lot. What's your take?
2: I liked it, too. I liked uh, Jeremy Piven. <laughs> yeah, I, was saying, I I told my
0: wife, I'm like, whose voice is that? That sounds familiar. I'm like, that's Ari Gold. What are we doing? <laughs> this guy's
2: going to sell you on something, baby. But no, no, no. He was just, I like his voice. It's kind of chill and mellow as to the uh, Mickey Rourke thunder voice from the other one.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Um... I, I, you know, I noticed that as well. Actually, it reminded me of um, the narrator from Unidentified, mm. the series Unidentified. I don't remember that guy's name. Um, I don't remember I, that guy.
0: Is that the same guy as the the voice of the Ancient Aliens guy? Is that that same? I don't remember. I don't.
1: I don't know. And just because I was so new to the the scene here, um, I thought it was Sean Cahill. Like that. That's what I thought when.
0: Could be, uh, yeah. I don't remember the voice. But, well, I mean, I I, I, I
1: don't think, I don't think it, it is. But, um, but it, at either, either rate, that a good, chill voice that also conveys seriousness, is, uh, is good. So yeah, I, I like that as well.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah. I. Th- well. Okay. So anybody that hasn't, you know, seen any Stephen Greer's documentaries, there's one uh unacknowledged is probably his most popular one there's another one called serious or is it serious or serious disclosure um
1: the serious disclosure project but i i think the documentary was just called serious okay um and mm-hmm. that's the
0: one where they they reveal the ada which is the little atacama desert skeleton that yeah. they found which ended up just being uh genetic mutations that were um, it's like a
2: boarded fetus wasn't it
0: yeah, it was something along those lines. Yeah, so, something like that.
2: But Which, I don't know if I really follow that whole narrative. I, there's still some mystery to the, all that. I feel. I know. I,
0: St- um, didn't Stephen Greer tweet about it after? Like he was like, I don't, I don't uh, like the results. the same thing. You just like he's like, I don't believe these or something like. I mean, I I bet he would say that, but I I don't know. Uh,
1: from. I'm I'm privy to a little bit of information. Um, Uh First and foremost, yeah. First and foremost, I I want to say, none, none of us on this planet, no one, fully understands every detail of the phenomenon. Mm. And with uh, with regards to extraterrestrials or extra-dimensional entities, we still don't fully understand it. Because we can't observe it scientifically. We can't open a door and invite an extra dimensional or extraterrestrial entity in at will and have a five senses conversation. So I very much respect the work of Dr. Stephen Greer. Um, In fact, I had like checked out of the uh, disclosure and stuff like that. It was Dr. Greer that like mentally kind of brought me back in, like engaged my curiosity and stuff. But, you know, whether it was intentional by him or whether it was someone on his team who was trying to uh, really build this as a business or something to make the, make C-SETI strong. There were some incidences in the past that were, they appear to be deceitful. Hmm. Now, do I think that Steven Greer was sitting at home and consciously thought, you know, let's hire another doctor to give us different uh, test results or to interpret this data differently. No, I don't. But I can also say (sighs) from a uh, working class perspective, if someone, if, if there's a professional, that's going to invest their time and their money into your work, it's very tempting to give them what they want. You know, mm. it's, it's, someone comes along that kind of, you, you, it's like you feel like you're doing a greater good, you know? So you abandon the scientific approach with the the um, scientific process of like the, the methodology and the standard Practices and you measure the data, you interpret it for what it is. You, you remove yourself unbiasedly from the research and let it speak for itself. All of us are human. All of us are prone to taking that extra step, twisting the, the numbers a little bit. Um, you know, looking at these results, finding an inconsistency, and instead of saying this inconsistency is also seen in other cases of regular aborted fetuses of inconsistencies and like the, the genetic map, like the the, the genome code or something right. like that, like got these mutations and things. Um, instead of saying these inconsistencies match real world, regular inconsistencies, you simply say, Hmm, there's some inconsistencies here.
0: Here's the thing on that though. I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing mm-hmm. with it, but at the same yeah. time, I mean, that happens in all fields, but, Yeah, Uh, true. In in some regard, though, wouldn't you want to be the guy? I mean, I assume they had somebody inspect it that wasn't completely against the idea of it. So in in that case, wouldn't that person want to be the person to be like, oh, I confirmed that this is otherworldly or something along those lines? So I I would say I would say I, I understand what you're saying, but you have to look at it from balance it off with the other side, which is what would be the benefit and, and unless somebody's getting paid off or there's some you know and there could be I mean we know obviously the government's interested in this topic there's I'm sure that there's a lot of things happening behind closed doors that nobody could even fathom but yeah. I mean we have to go by what we know and like the epistemology of the <coughs> the situation um but back to CE5 so um in the documentary it starts off kind of similar to his other ones at first for the first 10 minutes. I was like, is this going to be kind of like a rehashing of some of the other yeah. stuff? And then it started to get a little bit different and you've got, you know, Russell Targ, who was part of the SRI, uh, Stanford research Institute, uh, remote viewing projects. And, uh, mm-hmm. he's a, you know, a, uh, he was a, was a laser scientist or a laser physicist, I believe was his, was his actual profession. Um.
1: um I, I don't remember in the the scientific world what his profession was, but I do know that he worked um, alongside Hal Putoff. And uh, there's actually an app that that uh, he made called ESP Trainer. Mm. It's a lot of fun, really. You know. Cool. <laughs>
0: but they yeah. say
1: if you if you get start if you get like a a um, a consistent high score. Long enough. The instructions on the app say to contact the app developer. Mm.
0: Yeah. So I, I I think what what Steve here's the thing though is when you look at the documentary, it starts to get into consciousness and starts to focus on consciousness and kind of a lot of the topics that we've just discussed with you you know on the show before, which is, um, you know, could there be physical, you know, flesh and blood aliens coming from other parts of the universe? Maybe. But I think maybe a more likely scenario based on what we know about physics um, would be some sort of quantum or, you know, I don't even know, like psychic type connection, you know, to the, to the phenomena. Um, so I think that that would be more plausible if you're traversing the universe in terms of what we know. But um, at the same time, I just think that, they did a good job of going into that. And I think he obviously has been into meditation and taking these groups out of the desert where they look for these, uh, UFOs and UAPs. Um, do you think that, uh, would you, first of all, would you ever go on one of those retreats with them? Or do you think that that's not really something that would be up your alley?
1: Well, absolutely. I would love to do that. <laughs> um, it's kind yeah, of expensive. It's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's really expensive. Um, <clears throat> again um i love dr greer i really do he's a native of north carolina just like me and uh i i think that an uncle of mine uh has a, a mutual friend from med school who uh who knew dr greer uh, I, I mean i don't have um, any way of contacting that person and it doesn't really matter what i'm just saying is like I, I can really i feel like i can relate to his perspective very well. And, uh, with regards to meditation and things like that. Yeah. Yes. I mean, uh, absolutely. There is, um, there's always something to be said, even scientifically from quieting your mind, being at peace. Even if you are a skeptic, you can think and perceive so much clearly, like so much more clear, more clearly. Yeah. Clearer, yeah. I forgot my adjectives, there, but, uh, adverb. Anyways, um, when you are well-rested, when you are, your thoughts are centered, when you are, um, denying your ego, your selfless ambitions, uh, you know, you, you quiet the mind, you retreat inward. And, uh, one quote from CE5 that really stood out to me was, uh, all points in time, that all points in, in space and time are connected. Uh, that was the guy that talked with the man from Lockheed Martin Skunkworks. I'm bad with names, man. Yeah, it's I something Rich, the,
0: right? Uh, yeah, I is think it Ben so. Ben Rich, I think is maybe his name.
1: Ben Rich was the guy, yeah, sir. Uh, ben Rich was from Lockheed and yeah. he was giving a talk and there was a guy that followed up with him and wanted to know more and he was like, you know, how does E T travel? And uh, he said his response was, like through the Socratic method here, um all points in space and time are connected. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is. I did an interview with uh, with Jesse Springer, um, who's well known around this the greater Charlotte area. And uh, the first time I ever met her in person, I actually I shared that same bit of knowledge, and I heard it from serious disclosure or unacknowledged or something. Dr. Greer put out all points in space and time are connected. Yes, we don't have to necessarily have the like um, nuts and bolts machinery that was used in the experiment between India and France to prove that the telepathic communication is a real phenomenon. You know, the here's the the problem, man. Okay. In society, we have science fiction and we have science. <clears throat> Just like from, from most people's perspective, science fiction and science are, are not related whatsoever. And the thing is, Okay, you talk global pandemic. When people were saying the coronavirus is a global pandemic, what do you think of when you hear the word global pandemic? You think of movies like 28 Days Later. You think of The Walking Dead. You know, That's not what plays out in the real world right. with the phrase global pandemic. So let's get real world about telepathy. What is the real world way telepathy would play itself out intuition
0: i mean i would say from like a i meditate so i can tell you that it definitely feel like you're connected to something else i'm not saying that you for sure are i mean i don't know but Mm -hmm. from doing my own research and my own personal feelings and beliefs is that when you meditate you are tapping into something else and maybe it's some sort of other you know, field of, <clears throat> of consciousness. Maybe it's some sort of collective consciousness. Maybe it's, yeah. um, something that we just can't even fathom at this point, but I do know that.
2: Oh yeah. I think it's, you're tuning into some kind of the, the, the greater vibration, if you will. Yeah.
1: yeah. All of those descriptions are, are plausible. And in my opinion, they're all correct. They're all describing the same phenomenon. The difficulty is the, uh, Big science, to use uh, the words of Sean Cahill, big science is um, almost blocking those types of uh, pseudoscience type of studies. So we can't just have all the funding that we need to research this and replicate it and quantify it and measure it over and over and over. So so what we're left with are... uh, Everyone describes it slightly differently. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could say it's a meditation and tuning in with your consciousness or universal consciousness. Or you could say you're tuning in with, like, the ether and, like, the, the grand scope of things. Uh, George Carlin called it the great electron. That's the way he described it. It's somewhere out there in the universe, there's, like, this big electron it's like how he was describing god and he said it, it doesn't hate it doesn't judge it just loves and it just is what it is yeah i think is the it, there's eight, a you
0: know, was it the physicist wheeler something I, I what did i read something about how he believed that something about everything could be just one electron it's just talking about all t- points in time and you know everything connected in this one um uh, place of time and space kind of a thing. I think something, yeah. I can't remember what I read, but um, my question to you, my question to you is back to the documentary. What's the deal with Richard Doty? Cause I know in the first couple, you know, there's this thing where they talk about how, and this is something I've heard before. I've heard Annie Jacobson talk about it when she was on Joe Rogan. I heard her talk about it when she was on fade to black. It's this, um, the story about how you know roswell it was these deformed bodies created by i've heard russia and i've also heard japan um you know dropping this disc off in our airspace with these yeah. these these um i don't know they were like people that had may- maybe uh disabilities that they made them look like and and that's but that's something that I keep hearing over and over again. It's a, it's semi-secret. Yeah. They keep playing it off as it's a, the the real reality of it, uh, but then on the other end of things, um, the story kind of changes a little bit too. Um, and and to that point, um, so my my thinking is is why keep altering that story, uh, number one and number two. From I don't know if you watch Project Blue Book, but the way that the Project Blue Book TV show made it seem is if um, even the people at the top were unsure whether it was a different country or otherworldly. So that's the kind of feel. That, so what do you think was, was going on there? Because I, that's, uh, you know, Richard Doty, again, talks about it in CE5. I've heard Annie Jacobson talk about it. And Richard Doty's also, mis- he even admits to putting <coughs> misinformation out there, so.
1: Yeah. Um, hindsight is always 20 One thing they did mention in CE5 is that there was, like, this, um, you know, you you mobilize the people through, like, a cause that they have to band together to fight, and it sparks patriotism. You know, when you feel like you're doing a great service to your country or to God, God and country, uh, you kind of take orders. And I believe Richard Doty was probably – he was pretty young, I think, considerably. He's retired now. Uh, when that was going on, and so to have someone older than him, someone who's his superior, outlining his job expectations, I view what he did as his job. And um, here's an example. Sometimes, like with uh, illegal immigrants, you know, pe- people say they're taking our jobs. Okay. Um, one, you have to apply for a job or be hired by somebody. I can't go up into a, someone else's place of business and say, "Excuse me, hey, look over there, diversion, ha ha, stole your job," you know. And I'm all of a sudden working there now. That's not how employment works, you know. So, no, they're not stealing our jobs, but they are being hired, right? So, lots of times, um, you know, if, if we're going to say Rick Doty did this, uh, you know, Richard Doty did all this this stuff. Um, like that, that was his job. It's not like he was sitting in the office of the air force base and he's like, you know what, I think I'm going to start spreading some misinformation. It was a, case- like a concerted effort. Oh, no, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My question
0: wasn't me mean, wasn't meaning to blame yeah. him, but like, if uh, you're going to hey, be on hey, documentaries hey. after you get out of the game mm-hmm. or whatever and you're going to say things, yeah. why not just say the truth? Why continue the charade of what's going I mean, because here's the thing. Do you believe that Roswell were actual extraterrestrial bodies or do you believe that they were... Uh, manipulated human beings of some, like whether it was some sort of Russian experiment or German experiment.
1: This is what I believe regarding Roswell. Okay. I don't, I don't know exactly what Rick is referring to. I believe that there were several incidents that happened around that time around the same location. Uh, I believe that, um, some the the aircraft itself was either um, experimental, like reverse engineered alien technology, mm-hmm. or that possibly it was just you know simply alien technology. Um, one voice that's been left out in all of these things post atip like after the A uh, partial disclosure and stuff, is um, Philip Corso, and he wrote a book the day after Roswell. I've read the whole thing. It's a great book. He's also been featured in interviews with uh, Stephen Greer and I maybe I missed it, man, um, but I didn't see him in any of uh, any of this new documentary. and I don't know if that's like a copyright thing or, or his family wants to retract the statements or they just don't want the attention anymore. but I think there were several events that happened around the same time. And they're all being referred to one incident. So um, did, were there uh, people who were born with birth defects and abnormalities that made them look alien? You know, there's um, one uh, type of disorder. Some people are born with, like, no no body hair, none at all.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I don't, I don't know what you call that. Um, but so let's say <laughs> that there's a person that's born with no body hair. And they're also born with like an extremely high metabolism, so they would be very skinny. Um, and so that person, with the right makeup and costume, and if they're short in stature, may appear to look like an extraterrestrial if you you know dress them up Halloween style or something. So that's possible. Um, as far as like but the that's, but that, like,
0: that storyline though is 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 specifically that human beings were genetically or not genetically were enhanced through plastic surgery i would assume Mm. um and this was before that was even really a thing to my knowledge uh they were either german or russian again i've even heard japanese and uh since Mm -hmm. it was after world war ii somebody was maybe looking for payback or to mess with us or maybe they didn't have the military capabilities so they'll try psychological you know, warfare and see if they can mess with us that way. So, I mean, those, those are just the, the talking points usually associated with that.
1: I, I have a hard time believing like I, I'm going to say like my, my official answer is I need more background information. Hmm. And this is why I said, okay. Um, what, just to recap what was said in the documentary, um, Doty says that these, enhanced people who look like aliens were doing things to make people think they had been ab- abducted. Right. Um, so this from just that surface level information, this is what would have to go down. <laughs> You've, you're going to have to have a very particular person to play that part mm-hmm. and to have some sort of medical knowledge to be able to carry out experiments. I mean, do you know like what, how small the percentage or the, the, uh, Probability is that you're going to find someone that has the medical knowledge, the acting ability to carry out this narrative, because not everyone's a born actor or actress. Um, Also, someone who can stuff their empathy away when they are forcibly harming another human being to be a part of some big scheme, and for what? And, and not only do you have all of those like mental cognitive abilities and talents, you have to have someone who was born with severe birth defects, and then you've got to give them plastic surgery, and then you got to like, like, it's just like, what, what, right. like, and, and then, and then, then, how do you convince a cognizant grown adult that this is not an alien abduction. Like, I'm or sorry, that, that it's not a setup, that it is some like alien abduction. How do you convince someone that these. Right. And, you know, people say, like, well, you just give them drugs. Okay, which ones? you can't just yeah i don't th- know you can't just throw out some random pharmaceutical mix and be like oh this is the right concoction to make something right and it's a, it's behaviors. also really
0: tough cuz it was so long ago i mean we're talking <sighs> yeah. 70 mm-hmm. 60 70 years ago um right but, right um, so yeah i don't know in, the, in it, the
1: it's just there's a lot of ifs there to make that happen you know a lot of ifs Yeah, you would really you would have to you would have to be severely sociopathic and go through a great concerted effort to do that to somebody. Mm -hmm. And then why? Why? It obviously didn't work because most people don't believe in you well again believe- i i think
0: the whole thing is like how they i like that project blue book show because i think that's a realistic uh-huh. depiction of the phenomena me i mean i don't know if time period wise we can't go back and see understand yeah. the consciousness of people in the 50s and the 60s and whatever but just the way that it, it like kind of like there is this mystery and there is this thing going on but you, you can't get it you can't put your hands on it it's always out of you know like a, a lane right. you know, it's always like a fingertips away um from you truly kind of uh getting uh getting into it. But um so in CE five, uh that's kind of th- we talked about the beginning a little bit. We talked about the consciousness aspect of it, which is actually the consciousness aspect of it is probably a majority of it, which is probably right halfway through to the end kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, but in there they also there's this thing that they do where you know, they talk about TTSA and um, how they're putting out the, the narrative of these things are potentially bad. Um, and Stephen Greer has the opposite, you know, so right now we have bina- we have the binary thinking that we carry throughout reality now entering the world of this phenomenon, which is a certain group that has a lot of popularity believes that these things might be negative or we don't know or whatever. And then the other group mm-hmm. thinks that they're amazing beings and part of a galactic um you know uh society out there that we're not aware of and that we need you know so i mean what do you think's going on there and and do you think that maybe there's a little bit of truth to both or what do you what do you think
1: yeah i i think there's truth to both and um uh it's it's almost like this is a pretty childish example but a dog You, you picture yourself walking through the neighborhood and you see a, a dog, and if you if you love dogs, you know, you're like, oh, puppy, you know, but you don't know if, <clears throat> if it's a mean dog, or if it's going to bite you, or, you know, or if it's a friendly dog, or it's going to run away, this phenomenon is much the same way, um, if we are going to concur that there's non-human intelligent life out there in the universe, which seems like the scientific probability of that is, yes, there is, um, then we have to ask ourselves, is that intelligence like us in some way? Is that intelligence innately benign? Is it innately uh, benevolent? Is it innately malevolent? We don't know. Personally, I think the perspective of To The Stars is the most realistic if you only look at what they say not interpret it anyway not commentary from from news anchors just what they say and this is what they say we don't know exactly what it is
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i I like the i like greer's take on it (laughs) to the the level that if they were going to be negative they probably would have already done something because all the stuff they've witnessed hasn't been the uh the best presentation of our race
1: that and see that is true too. That's very true. Uh, you know, going back to if the non-human intelligence is like us in any way, would we want to go into a a planet to explore that's currently under their own civil war? You know, Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't, I would feel wary about sending my troops to a planet that's at war. And then if we try to approach and get closer, you know, we're firing missiles at them and stuff. I absolutely agree. Yeah. I also caution anyone to have their own like caution and set your own boundaries and and not to blindly engage this thing. And I actually have, I did an interview yesterday with a a life lifetime friend of mine um, named Adam And he has, he and his family have some really, really interesting experiences to say the least. And it's something, uh, I helped them gather evidence for, oh man, over 20 years ago, a long time ago. I mean, we were barely out of high school or so. So, um, yeah, man, it's, um, it can be dangerous. It can, uh, well, I
0: mean, here's the thing is, do we look at it like through the, the, uh, the human bias, you know, perspective, mm-hmm. which is that we mm-hmm. only know what we know and we know there's amazing figures like Jesus and Mother Teresa and people that want to heal and love and, you know, peace for humanity. And then we've got serial killers, you know, or psychopaths or, you know, so mm-hmm. it, there is this range of, of um, uh, mind that we have on this planet so if you apply that True. to the universe then yeah maybe there are some malevolent. maybe there's some amazing ones maybe there's some you know i, I don't know but that's the way i think the only way that we can approach it really because
2: but don't mean, we equate all the killers and stuff to a lower breed of human the people that are mainly love and helping others and things like that that's what we consider like i'll an say evolved this I, human being
0: i think evil people like that there's something wrong um, with their brains. I mean, I think that they've they've yeah. there's been serious studies done on that too. There's some people that have tumors that grow and it turns them into this psychopath. And then you know, so you have mm-hmm. to look at things like that when you're discussing those topics too. And that's mm-hmm. not to dismiss how terrible the things are that they <laughs> do, but um, you do have to to wonder what effect that does that have. But I want to I want to get to the one thing here. So before we go forward, let's look at the epistemology of UFOs and aliens. And so the epistemology, you know, the theory of knowledge, what do we know? What do we truly know? We know our government's interested in it. They have been Mm -hmm. for a long time. We know people from ancient times have been seeing weird things in the sky. Some of them totally, you know, you can rule out based on astronomical events and things like that. But then there's some that you, you can't. Um, so those two, Uh, Number three would be that we exist. So if we exist in this massive, infinite universe, there, I think that there's a probability, obviously. I mean, you have the Drake equation, which some people say is outdated, but even if you were to cut that way back and even get more definite with it on some of those points, you, you could still make that thing, you know, crank out the possibilities so um so right there those are just three points i mean we could go on and on and on but that right there i you know you have to at least acknowledge this thing and and, uh, and look at it from an open mind and say what's going on here
1: exactly i think that's the overall scope of to the stars people are are uncomfortable talking about uh, the existence of extraterrestrial life, and in the in the, um, the interview I did with Gary Hestleton this past week,
0: yeah, that was good. I listened th- to that.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I was proud of that. It was good. And um, oh, check he, that out on
0: his YouTube channel if you haven't already.
1: Yes, I'm, I'm trying to uh, stream a, a video version of that live, like where it's you can see uh, him and you can see me like side by side. Mm-hmm. I was just having trouble getting the live stream to work, but um, anyways. Uh, towards the end of the interview, um, he was talking about um people being afraid of the UFO phenomenon or blah, blah blah. And I mentioned that uh, people people are like that too, like they they feel vulnerable. He said that they feel vulnerable. People feel vulnerable when they are confronted with even the idea that there's an extraterrestrial intelligence out there. Mm-hmm. And you know, like when I hit the street in Nashville, uh, talking with people at random uh, about whether or not they thought extraterrestrial life was you know, out there, if we're alone in the universe. And I got uh, almost like clockwork, man. I got all the different answers you would expect. I got some people that were like, definitely, absolutely. Others were like, probably, but it's not visited here. And then I had uh, one young lady that was like, uh, we, all, we are alone. You're absolutely alone to the universe, you know, uh, and it, the conversations that we got into were, were really good. Um, I mean, I think if you're being true to yourself, was, uh, you have
0: to entertain that too, that we are all there is. Yeah, I think it, that, that if that, you're not pondering that, then you're not really going through the full range of, of speculation and, and, and right. um, thought
1: experiments. Yeah, I point. agree. And what what To The Stars is doing is they're trying to reach – people in a, in a non-confrontational way through the entertainment side with the entertainment you know like uh the, with uh, secret machines uh fit the fiction series the first book is chasing shadows right um those are al- al- almost like modern day historical fiction in way they would say take a uh, an event tom takes an, an event and then um the the co-authors aj hartley was a very intelligent man yeah. And he spends it, adds his own creativity, and comes out with a really cool story. It's really engaging, man. There's some action, and you know, you've got some some uh, tearful moments. You know, you're laughing, and you're watching people run around. There's some secret, like esoteric knowledge, and it's really cool. But that you can close the book at the end of the day, you put it aside, and then your 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 inner universe, you know, is not you're not losing sleep, you know. So that that's the entertainment side. But then people who – I don't know, man. I, I believe that their whole take on the UFO phenomenon is kind of like spooky anyways. It exists in the compartment of their mind that's like paranormal, you know. So then they see two of the stars doing this stuff and making entertaining books and short films and comic books and stuff, and they're like, ooh, deception you know and like
0: but let's be real here i I, I, i'm super fascinated with this topic and i love talking about it but if an alien if i was sitting out in my living room tonight watching tv in the dark alone and an alien walking (laughs) very much i'd I'd shit my pants call me joaquin uh, phoenix (laughs) baby um So, I mean, like if if anybody wouldn't, then that's, I think that's more interesting to me that somebody wouldn't be scared by that or have that feeling, that sinking feeling like you're on a roller coaster almost, you know, like that feeling when you, Mm -hmm. there's that paradigm shift or you see something or experience something that's just way beyond, uh, the, the scope of what you're used to. Um, so I think that is that something that's ingrained into us psychologically, like you mentioned, you know, through, um, uh people putting things out there about the negativity aspect of it or people playing off or the movies, you know, alien and all these, you know, different movies growing up and watching all that stuff. Do you think it's something that's been ingrained to us through media and through, um, talking points and stuff like that? Or do you think that, you know, there's something inherently psychologically unsettling about that?
1: Both. I think that it is a, um, a, interstellar xenophobia hmm. there's a talking point for you interstellar xenophobia xenophobia is the fear fear right of foreign cultures and when i when i'm talking about fear and i say like things like unafraid and things like that i'm not talking about like someone cowering in fear i'm talking about anxiety you're just anxiety. not
0: you're you're scared of change yeah. or you're scared of something that exactly. you're you're unsure of yes. is pretty much what yes. I would yes
1: um you know I've even challenged people before, uh, mainly through Reddit, wink, wink, hi, Reddit. (laughs) Um, You go out in front of your gas station, local gas station, start telling people as they come in the door, there's a secret alien base uh, near Catalina Island off the coast of San Diego. Watch how fast the police are called to escort you away from the premises. No one wants to talk about that. But if that is real, if that's the reality we're facing, We have got to find some way to communicate that to the masses in a non-threatening way. If that is true, if that is true, we have to find a way to communicate it. Yeah, that's it. That's it, and that—that's why I'm here right now talking with you guys. Seriously, well, we appreciate it. That's why I'm here.
0: I I think that uh, (laughs) I think uh, Maurice slash Kevin has something to say.
2: Sure. Go ahead. Cool. Oh, I know. I I like where this is. I like where this is headed. I mean, I, I, I support the fact that I really don't think that they're evil, and I really don't think that they pose a threat. I think, if anything, they're good. I like the points when they, when he was talking about how they've actually stopped some uh, nuclear war and whatnot. Because our grandfather yeah. had a story that was pretty eerie. He was flying a a bomber with some kind of bombs and stuff, and some stuff went haywire. We're not going to get into all that, but we yeah, talk about
0: that. it on one of our early episodes with uh, John, our uncle John, uh, John Hogan.
1: Which episode? I don't know. Yeah.
0: Just cause it's it's one of I think we talk about ancient Egypt. It's one of our early episodes. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in that story, we talk about it on there.
1: That would be a good thing to write on your website too, that people could read and share the link. You know, just just that story. I mean, people would want to hear that.
0: Yeah, I mean the premise yeah. of it, as he mentioned, is when you it was in the Korean War. And they had, they were in a bomber, and they had, you know, the bomb in the back. And they used to fly with the bombs in the back. But there's some thing that happens where, uh, I don't know if it's like a sensor thing, but you reach a certain point, and then you fly back. Well, they didn't get the call to fly back for whatever reason. And then the dude that was flying the plane saw something nuts. And then when they came back down, you know, they were trying to figure out what the guy saw. And it was, I don't know if it was a Foo Fighter or something crazy. It made this guy never want to fly again though. So, mm-hmm. um, that's pretty much the uh, I mean, there's a little bit more to it. I might be butchering the story a little bit too, but,
2: well, that's the main point.
1: Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. And in some of the, the books and interviews and things like that you hear from Tom DeLonge, he acknowledges, acknowledges that as well. You know, it's simply what they're doing is, creating a platform where we can all come in and have these discussions and define what does the phenomenon mean for me mm-hmm. what does the phenomenon mean for you what are your experiences and how do your experiences compare to to someone else's experiences on September the 10th 1997 i was healed of something that you can call science that says is a genetic problem Hmm. um in a little church i i I can go into detail another time it's a long story really cool story completely changed my life forever uh to you know if you want to put it in terms of spiritual like spirituality i died and came back Hmm. Uh, but i would never i never physically died Uh, it's like the the divine came came down to me No, no one in this little church was was praying for me uh, you know and here's another thing i always wanted to know it was a wednesday night and there were like like five people in addition to me at this little bitty church in nashville the power went out for whatever reason and that we were having a candlelight service because the pastor didn't want to to cancel church that night mm. But no one could explain why the power went out just in this area. But then that was the night that I was totally like, I mean, here's another way to explain it. Everyone explains it to me a different way. I can tell you the story sometime. Someone's like, all of your chakras were opened and the energy, you know, if you want to put it in in terms like that. Here's the thing.
0: The mind's a super powerful thing, though, too. You could have healed yourself. You could have the yeah, pl- placebo see. effect is a real thing. I don't think people understand uh, when they give these drug trials that there are people that experience things that aren't given the real thing. And I mean, I've seen mm-hmm. um, people take fake drugs and fake hallucinate. I don't know if it was them projecting mm-hmm. it. It could have been a little bit of both, but um, so, I mean, I've seen things that I've weird things that the mind can do. Um, and, I'm not saying that you didn't have some sort of spiritualist cause I think by nature, anything internal like that is spiritual. So it doesn't have to do.
1: Well, you know. the, here's the thing. I didn't know what, what, what that was to even imagine that it could happen to me. Hmm. It, it's almost like, you know, if my arm is broken, I want to be healed from my broken arm. I didn't even know that what happened to me was a, problem and that and i was like praying by myself but i wasn't praying for that
2: mm-hmm.
1: i was simply yeah. just you know talking to the lord and uh i you know yeah saying like help me
0: i mean that's a whole other topic too but when you were talking to the lord you might have been talking to yourself you know
1: yeah and you know it, again it's like every everybody explains it a different way and i'm open for interpretation like you know someone can hear my story and say this happened and this happened. Well, there's, I I
0: immediately gonna guarantee you that there's going to be people that listen to this, that hear any tour. So there's people that just want to hear about aliens or UFOs (laughs) that don't want to hear about anything spiritual or, um, God or anything like that. And then there's people that want to hear both. And then there's people that only want to hear about the spiritual nature of it. So, I mean, look, you're going to have the spectrum of things. I think the cool thing about our show is we're not in a rush. We're doing what we like. If you don't like it, leave i don't care you know we 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 love our fans we love the people that listen but this is all stuff that we're interested in i'm not putting on a show for you know fans or viewers or anything like that these are things that actually interest me and i'm trying to understand it like everybody else is trying to understand it and you know we cover ancient civilizations psychedelics philosophy academic (laughs) stuff fringe stuff you name it we do that we do the gambit here and i'm you know We've lost people. We've gained people. It goes up and down based on, you know, when we switch topics, I notice it. But for the most part, my whole point is you tell your truth and whatever your truth is, is your truth. I can't speak to that. I'm not you. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. you know, the way that it's perceived is going to be all over the place. And that goes for a a lot of stuff
1: like this. (laughs) (laughs) Preach on now. (laughs) I'm, I'm cool with that. Like, I'm not I'm not locked into it's it's this or it's that. Right. I think it's
2: that's a it's, good approach because when you get locked yeah. into that, then you're going to you're have to commit to one area. And the whole thing is to be I always think that the truth lies in somewhere in between and it's been proven and proven again.
1: Yeah, you're right. And, you know, um, Lou Elizondo said in an article on Medium, it's like um, all science is paranormal until it isn't. I, th- I think that's what he said. All science is paranormal until it isn't until yeah.
0: gravity was yeah. paranormal i mean thales thales <laughs> yeah. the first natural philosopher scientist from ancient greece thought mm-hmm. that um magnets had some sort of sentience or consciousness because of the repelling action um yeah that's a good point so I, and, I mean about. we've proven i mean richard feynman has got a a good video on that people can go check that out that's pretty intense but
1: sure yeah that's cool man um i back to see seti um yeah okay okay um uh, uh, alleging in my opinion alleging that to the stars is is doing some like covert disinformation uh act i i doubt it um what worried or worried me a little bit was was this um the original idea was to have the public like do like the crowd share funding through a public benefit corporation, like the uh, PBS, you know, has uh, like Sesame Street and other things that are like public broadcasting. And so it kind of belongs to the public. So what they were doing was creating, again, creating a platform, creating a, a business in which all of this information and all of the developed technology would belong to the public, anyone who invested, right? Right. But we come back to the stigma And the anxiety or the vulnerability that people fear, people feel about this topic, and then there wasn't enough money to make it happen. And then you get people who want to spin the interpretation of the words debt versus deficit. And it's just like we we keep having these same arguments over and over and over. But guess who did take interest in this? The United States Army, which is why you have the Crada Agreement. So what kinds of technology are they developing? a lot of people think it's going to be uh, like weaponization. And in fact, at the uh, SEU conference in 2019, um, Lou Elizondo said that some of the first technologies we could expect from this research was like uh, beamed energy propulsion, right? Um, that's not necessarily a, a weapon, but rather a more effective way of you know, transportation or operating like a, a uh, traveling device mm-hmm. or a machine or a motor. So, but then, if you look at the, um, the interview I did with, with Steve Justice, in which I really had to, I had, to I had to go through um, a lot of um, compromising. for the, the article I wrote only contained one sentence about the types of technology we can expect. But if you go listen to the video, uh, I did, and I've got some short clips of Steve saying it himself. The types of technology we're expecting are going to help with times like now in which people need medical supplies, but you can't get them produced and delivered fast enough so we would be able to deliver medical supplies. He said that, and this was in 2018 when I had this interview. He said we could deliver medical supplies right where you need it, instantly right where you need it. Now, back up just a bit, the question I asked him was... If all the obstacles were removed, all obstacles, even time, and every goal of To the Stars Academy could be instantly achieved, how would our world be better? And that's when he was talking about that, that we'll be able to deliver supplies to uh, victims of natural disasters. We could, um, he talked about the golden hour and medical crisis. I mean, we're in the middle of a medical global pandemic. With the medical crisis and and, um, the golden hour, if you're having like a, a heart attack or a stroke or something, uh, or you're in a car accident, if you are at risk of dying, a doctor has about one hour to save your life, right? So, half of that hour is usually spent getting the patient to the hospital.
2: Yeah.
1: Even if the hospital is a mile away, it's just something happens, man. Car accidents, uh, people won't get out of the way, your traffic lights, whatever it may be. The US Army took interest in this technology because the public didn't because the public is like scared over nothing it's like we we all think we know what this is and there are so many people that think it's negative or it's invasive or they're, they're vulnerable because they feel like they feel like if i admit that there's life out in the universe then all my religious beliefs are wrong and then that means i don't love jesus anymore you know and that's not what it has to mean we're saying those things because of stuff that other people have told us in the past. And we're so we're developing beliefs as a society based on what other people have told us second, third, fourth hand information that gets blindly yeah. passed down and memorized. So yeah, you know, um, is this a real phenomenon? Is, the, is is there a possibility to develop technology that will that will radically and positively change life on Earth for, for the embedded better, betterment for all people? Yes, and the public missed their opportunity. Now the army has it. So uh, I just, you know, now we we hope that they'll. I mean, do I, the,
0: here's the thing with with uh, all of that stuff. So maybe it's just me, and I'm sure it is. But I don't <laughs> I, I don't really care what technology they create. I want information. I want data. I want them to create tests and experiments. I don't give a shit about building some futuristic, I mean, yeah, if you can build something that goes beyond light speed or something crazy like that, cool. I don't see that happening anytime soon. So, um,
1: well, it's, it's not because the public doesn't support it.
0: Even if the public did support it, I I honestly think the more important thing would be the testing and the data like create, here's an example. We had a near death researcher and author on our show, Dr. Penny Sartori. Um, And she's was in, you know, end-of-life, you know, wings of hospitals, experiencing people that were dying and, and uh, going through that moment of death. And she tried to create an experiment where she created targets. So when the body, you know, you're out of your normal consciousness or you're dead or you're, you know, whatever, if you could notice the targets when you come back or when you're brought back to life, there wasn't anything yielded from that but just the fact that she was trying that that's the kind of science that I want uh, in in all of these fringe fields something tangible like if you're telling me that these things exist and I don't I believe that some of them do I think that there's a better way to go about it I think just pure speculation and talking points and thought experiments are cool but it's not enough if you're trying to convince people you need to start taking steps to convince them
1: that's that's what they're doing, um, with the metamaterials, the Atom project.
0: No, I mean, I, yeah, I've, I've heard of. It. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, what, what, what? From there, though, have has been.
1: Well, uh, we we'll need to ask the Army because they're the ones that are currently doing the research. The public missed a freaking opportunity. <laughs> I
0: mean, I don't think you it's know? the public's fault, man. I, I, I honestly, well, though, I don't. I just, I get what you're saying. I but yeah, I, yeah. I, I
1: Maybe I'm, yeah, I'm being too simplistic and that's not fair of me to blame the public. I just
0: think you're being cynical. There's so many people that are interested in this that okay. believe it even like people that would never have talked to. Them. I mean when we started talking with you there, it was like the golden age of ufology and there was new people <laughs> and old people and the old people were fighting with the new people and Uf, uh, uh, UFO Twitter was exploding and yeah. everybody was talking about stuff and, and things and now things have died down And you don't really have the big headlines. I mean, obviously, we have the coronavirus and stuff's going on, and there's bigger Mm -hmm. things to figure out at the current moment. But um, even I see a lot of the people that were tweeting every day about UFOs are now trying to think of new things to tweet about. And I I, I think that that's a symptom of kind of what I'm talking about. If there was some sort of... Yesterday's news. Yeah, if there was some sort of constant, like, academic evaluation of it from, like, a providing data and results, whether it shows nothing or shows something, showing anything is is beneficial.
1: Uh, What I'm telling you is man, um, that they were starting to do that, but they didn't have a secure place to conduct the research and they didn't have the money to continue the research that, that they had had conducted. Mm -hmm. Um, on May the 6th, um,
0: this isn't about them specific. I'm just being general too I'm talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about uh-huh. to the stars, I'm talking about Stephen Greer. I'm talking about yeah. you know here's the thing is Stephen Greer does have this thing where he does take people out into the desert and nature and stuff and has these connections and whether it's mm-hmm. it's works a hundred percent or there's something to it or there's nothing to it or it's the mind or whatever the case may be he's doing something on a regular continual basis you know, or effort and I'm not saying okay, again yeah. same thing with TTSA is doing the same thing but I'm saying for the what you want and what I think it is that you want out of this and what you would like to see um, come to fruition it's got to be like a hundred of those things you know it can't just be one or two um, you have to create like a market for it and I know that sounds terrible I'm not, I'm not talking about necessarily making money but I'm just saying create a market yeah. in which People who, you know, you need to invigorate um, our passion to figure it out, if that makes sense. So when you look at technology, <laughs> there's a technology boom because people are trying to come up with the next best thing. There's a market for it. We need the same thing with this.
1: Dude, that's why you know who I am. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm hey, to, look, that's why I, I, look I'm, I'm telling you, they have developed the... UFO, let's just say this is a UFO. All right. Okay. But well, here it is. And it crashed. Okay. So we've got some metamaterials and we analyze these things, but it's really difficult to analyze these things, especially when they're not metals that are uh, in abundance on Earth or they're rare or they're non Earth metals, right? Or they fill in gaps in the periodic table to understand how this thing flies. What Steve Justice said in the interview was, and we have a giant, like, de- detective work here to do because we don't know what we're looking at this could this could be like you know the, to to rehash the conversation he and i had and i did did not put everything on youtube because that wasn't the like original intention they knew i was recording and stuff but and i sent them a draft of everything i wanted to put in the article i'm going off on bunny trail anyways so how do we know this is not the carburetor of uh, like a 68 chevy we don't know um, so, we have to run tests and analyze it and figure out if this is part of a carburetor from a car. That takes money and time. Or if we have this and we're like, this did not come from our world, what is it? Is it the glove box of a Dodge Dakota? No, it's a gum machine. Like it's 75 packs of gum. It's a Dodge Durango, right? This is like mm-hmm. Will Ferrell's Dodge Durango commercial. So, how do we know that this is not the glove box of a UFO? How do we, I mean, this could be like, you know, what, what if we find a piece of metal or like we find this thing and we're like, whoa, what is that? And we're like, this can be used for, I don't know, whatever. And then we're like, yeah, this was like the little mirror that came on in the UFO bathroom. When you close a door, like, you know, in an air, air, air yeah. like airplane bathroom. And you're like, close the door. And you're like, oh, ah, we ah, little surprise party. Oh, the lights come on. Right. You know what I mean? How do we know this is not the light from the UFO bathroom?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you make a point. Again, I wasn't,
1: Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm I'm specifically saying you need,
0: you need human competition Uh to get us to where you want to go. And right now there's only a couple groups or a few groups or a handful of. Professionals really, and I'm yeah. saying you need hundreds, dude. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. And I'm not saying to make a profit. I'm saying you yeah. need that competition. That it's like a human thing where you everybody well, wants, wants to do better than the other person. I mean, that's human you, nature. You,
1: you need you need like a, a movement, right? Like yeah. people to get behind the product. That's to the Stars Academy. That was the idea.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's still. <laughs> So yeah. you don't agree with the documentary because it seems like Greer was know. pretty against those guys. Not not agree no, with I, it, but I'm saying, isn't he did, kind of against them? Did he come out though? Stars? I don't
0: remember in the movie. Did he? Did they specifically come out condemning it, or was it just that the hey, this is this other narrative?
1: Um, they said that they said, and uh, in, in, with CE5, they said that uh, To the Stars is like spinning the narrative basically. And, uh, if you look at the entire goal, I don't think that's true that that's like, that's almost, I'm guilty of like overgeneralizing the way society has responded to the UFO phenomenon in the same way, I blame myself in the same way that CE five overgeneralized the grand scope of to the stars Academy, at least the way it was going in 2017, mm. like when they did the, they did the kickoff and they had Steve. Uh, Chris Mellon, Hal, Lou, Tom, you know, doing the, the live broadcast, those intentions were, were 100%, in my opinion, 100% pure. They were good. They were not deceitful. What they wanted to do was have some, you know, entertainment to get people engaged, and then they wanted to do some scientific research to get some of this really cool technology out to the public, and start start the ball rolling to develop those really cool technologies. And so, you know, Google and Sony have already partnered with the Stars Academy, as well as uh, some other companies, I can't remember their names, to develop, you know, technologies. It's it's, it's about technology. The, the goal I would like to see from that is that our environment is improved and that we can not sit in rush hour traffic for 90 minutes every day to travel three miles. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just... Simple things like that, um, that improve the life for ev- for everybody. That's what the definition of technology is: is something that makes life easier. So, is a pencil sharpener technology? Yes, it is.
0: Well, that's the <laughs> dichotomy that's of the that. situation, though, right? Because you have to the stars. And they want to provide that technology, like you said, by building it themselves or using these materials or figuring things out. And then you have Dr. Stephen Greer saying, we already have it. We know about it. It's just being kept away from us. Um, that, that's true, and, and, too. And, and could there be some sort I, I mean, why not just join forces and, and create some super, well, you
2: know. Th-
1: yeah, that's what I say. And I think very early on. Yeah, that doesn't
2: make on, any sense.
1: Like that. I, I think very early on it might have been that way. Um, I, you know, um, this is what, this is what I would like to do. Like if I could, if I personally, uh, you know, again, if I ask myself the same question, um, like I asked Steve justice, if all obstacles were, were removed and my goals, my personal goals, uh, to help the world could be achieved, I would want people to not, feel so vulnerable to understand that we're not alone in the universe. Uh, I would also want us to stop burning gasoline and sending the smoke into the air every single freaking day. Like, I would love for some sort of technology to replace that. And I I don't, I'm not saying like.
0: Well, that's the only benefit to what's going on right now, right? Is the not, nobody's really driving anywhere.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, the sky is so beautiful. Mm. I mean, it really is. I look up and it's like, it's bluer than I've ever seen it, man. The sky looks so beautiful. In fact, a friend of mine from Argentina and I were talking and she said, um, English, she speaks fluent English, but that's not her first language. She said they're having like sky quakes. Where it's like, it's not thunder, but it's like the, the sky is reacting. Mm. Or, and I was like, man, you know, I wonder is it. We've had the same uh, types of phenomena, more so in March. Is, is the earth cleaning itself now? Mm. Like, And maybe we, we never noticed yeah. it because the tubes were clogged up. Well, there's the something to
0: that, what you just mentioned. There was a uh, scientist that tweeted out a study that the surface of, um, the earth is like having all sorts of tiny earthquakes. Um, and I, I'm sure when this, when you, I don't know if you were paying attention, but there's been a lot of volcano eruptions lately. There's also been a lot of seismic activity. I'm actually, I I have it ready to go. I don't know when we're going to do it, but I have a super volcano, Mm -hmm. uh, episode ready to roll that I put together. But, um, this whole, this whole thing about, People in cars not being on the road definitely probably has an effect on the Earth's surface somewhat. I don't, it's probably not um, intense, but there is some sort of an impact, just like there's an impact from not using, um, you know, burning oil and burning uh, carbon emissions, that kind of thing.
1: True. Uh, that's cool to think about. Yeah, there have been more earthquakes. Oh, man. My battery's getting low. Dang it. Sorry. Are you, am I still there?
0: You're still here. Yeah, How yeah, much yeah. time okay, do you, cool. you want to wrap it up here oh, with a uh, couple? Uh,
1: yeah 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 we probably need to but um you know is it it, it would i i would love to hang out with dr greer seriously
2: mm-hmm.
1: i i can't afford it like i don't,
2: I don't <laughs> how much I, is I it
1: kind of do it. you know how much it is oh uh, man I, a million I think, dollars um, i looked into it one time with something like like five thousand dollars or something
2: for what um, like a day I mean, or he I, takes you on the I, trip I, yeah
1: yeah I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not knocking the guy at all. Everything he says makes sense. I do think there's a little more to the story, and maybe you know, I don't talk about uh, Bigfoot because that's not my thing. So maybe he doesn't talk about the potential negative aspects of the phenomenon because that's not his thing, and mm-hmm. I don't fault him for it. Um, but is it possible to? meet do a meet and greet with extraterrestrials well you know if they're flying here if this is a real phenomenon if 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 there is life in the universe and that life has visited us then it can visit again and if it does can we have a meet and greet i don't see why we we couldn't um and and i know that he says we need to quiet our minds we need to meditate and focus if that's what it takes you know cool i'm down with that I've done that before. I've, uh, you know, been into the, the, the 108 number where it's. Um, I won't get into all of that, but like you know, meditation, uh, focusing, uh, bringing, raising your consciousness. I mean, I I followed his uh, you know teachings and commentary for a long time, many years. Uh, but if, look, if that's what it takes, okay. But is it possible that someone could already be that way? Why does every single person have to be set the same path? What Mm -hmm. if someone's already got those pure intentions? Their mind is already quiet. They're already in tune with the universe. Could they just do a meet and greet with these folks? I think that would be amazing. I would love to do that. Time. Time. Time and money—it's <laughs> a money.
2: son of a bitch, I'll tell you. Yeah,
1: it is.
2: I just wanted to tell to get one one last little point. No, well, let's
0: let's do this. Let's let Matt go, and we can continue on for a few minutes. But let's plug Matt's stuff real quick. Um, Tillerforiller dot and we have links down to your YouTube channel down below. People subscribe to his channel. Check it out. He's got a lot of great content on there, interviews and videos and all sorts of stuff. Um, and uh, your new interview, what was that, from yesterday or two days ago?
1: Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it, yeah, it was just a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so check him on that.
0: He's also on uh, you know social media. Follow him on there. And uh, we appreciate you coming on. And uh, we'll do it again. Hopefully something big happens uh, in this uh, category so we can have something to talk about here in the near future?
1: I hope so. I know I get kind of fiery and passionate. No, that's good. I prefer yeah. it. <laughs>
2: that's what it's all about, man. Everybody yeah, doesn't see this, the Earth the same way. But I know you, know, you wanted to talk about Skinwalker,
0: ever. too, so when that series is over, we'll maybe do a review of that one as well. Yeah,
1: definitely. I think when um, when it's over, that would be a, a good time to, like I said before, High Sight of 2020. We can look back and we can see uh, lots of connections will be made. I'm I'm confident that it's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be cool. Man. Okay you, you gotta check it out. You gotta check it out. <laughs>
0: Sweet. Looking forward to it. Yeah.
1: Cool. All right, man.
0: Peace, buddy. You have a safe one. Yeah. Stay safe out hey, there. Thank you, sir. Hey, you
1: too. Thanks. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it as always. No problem. Have a good
0: one. Peace. Um so Maurice, so um, Let's talk a little bit more about the the movie because I think we talked about a lot of cool stuff there. But I wanted to talk about some other stuff. Um, Did you were you watching a lot of those like clips that they were weaving in and out of the movie of like the 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 UFO videos? Yeah, like when he's following them with like lasers and stuff like that. Yeah, it
2: actually reminded me of uh, your stepbrother's laser <laughs> that we used to shoot up in the sky because you can get into some serious trouble if you actually hit a plane with one of those. Did you
0: see the one, though, from Auburn Hills that they had? It yeah, cook- I did. It was yep. like a, a triangular uh, craft. That thing was yeah. whizzing by pretty, pretty swiftly as well.
2: Yeah, some of them were better than others. Some of them look like, I don't even know, drones maybe. But, yeah, some of them were pretty damn compelling. That one where the the uh it looked like there was like a portal and stuff was dropping out of it again yes. i don't know how enhanced these things yeah. are but that thing was pretty pretty intense what about the pictures that they were taking
0: when they were in their groups of like the supposedly aliens that were around them the multidimensional beings or whatever
2: like the the triangle face yeah i don't know
0: i, I that stuff's it's hard to tell man i well you're a professional photographer that's why i wanted your take on it
2: Yeah, well, it's definitely you can definitely edit something to make it look old. You could make videos look like they're I don't think it was edited,
0: but do you think it could be manipulated? Not manipulated on purpose, but do you think there could be some sort of filter or something attached where it would give it that effect?
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Again, I don't really. I'm more of a landscape photographer, and I try and keep it as true to what I'm seeing with my eye. I do some tweaks, but dude, Photoshop's incredible. Again, like I was saying, you can take. Crisp HD 4K film and then make it look like it's old 35 millimeter, like the old wind up cameras. So anything's possible. I don't know why they would do that, but uh, it's tough. It's tough to to take that stuff in and be like, this is 100% real. I don't think they faked it. I think
0: if anything, it would be some sort of anomaly captured on camera. You know, like you have certain orbs and stuff that you've you've sent me that are like weird that doesn't look like a bug. It doesn't look like a.
2: Oh. I know. I'm trying to find that thing again. I was because me and Jimmy have been talking about stuff like that, and I've been trying to find that orb. I can't remember what clip that's on, but yeah, I don't know. Like you, like a lot of these people are saying, is it a, you know, is it a flare from the sky? But those triangles, and they all seem somewhat similar. So that's the thing that makes me really question. Not that they're fake.
0: You know, we've got our bombers and we've got our, you know, our technology as well. I think that you could probably say that maybe some of that was that, but then I don't some right. of those things, the way they moved, the the, yeah. the cuts and different things, I think that some of those aren't explainable at all either. Um The one to me, I don't know, did you know the one it was like over Oakland where they were like hovering? That one kind of looked like those um Chinese lanterns
2: Mm -hmm. they were it was in like a triangle
0: formation then slowly each light went out you know I don't know yeah that's a good call I don't know what again and I'm not trying to be like I'm not again I look at these things objectively I want to believe all this stuff I want there to be aliens I want them to be nice I want to you know hopefully help you know uh maybe they can come help us
2: uncover the truth. Well,
0: yeah. Help us usher in some new age of humanity. But I don't, again, I I look at these things from like an epistemological and like that kind of a point of view, like how do we know what we know and what do we truly know? And seeing lights in the sky while, well, you know, like I said, some of those are definitely unexplainable. I think some of them could be explained by other things, but um, either way, I mean, think people have been seeing weird shit in the sky for years. So, Right, <clears throat> even way before the kind of technology that you would need to, to pull something like that off. So, um, but so you've seen some of his other stuff and his unacknowledged and all that. Like, what did you think about this one? Did you like it because it was more consciousness based, or what were you know what what did you like about it? Or what did you did not like about it?
2: Yeah, the consciousness based the idea really makes it a little more believable and realistic in my mind. If you're gonna. You, it, to travel light, like if you can travel the speed of light, you're still gonna have to travel a million light years. So you're still gonna be traveling for millions of years. It's like there has to be something that's more to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and you, I, I I always weigh his performances because he always seems to give these Oscar worthy perf- like people are like he's an actor, he's an actor. But I don't know me as being a director, that's some damn good acting. Like when he had that little melt the meltdown no, and he, stuff like that he again. He
0: cares. And- I I, be- I again I when I say I believe these people, I, I believe that they believe what they're saying and they believe their yeah. intentions and they believe their things. I'm not questioning anybody's integrity. I'm saying the human mind's also fallible. So things even that I experience that I believe to be true, I always second guess myself and, and uh, go back over it a bunch of times and try and really figure out, could it have been this? Could it have been that? Cause sometimes I should say most of the time there is some sort of an explanation for it, but um, yeah, I don't know that there's um, an explanation for a lot of these things, though. So that's why this is definitely such an interesting topic is because we could sit here and all talk about, you know, this stuff all day long and it would never come to some sort of uh, conclusion. And we might not ever come to a conclusion. And that's probably most likely the case with all this stuff.
2: Right. Well, you just got to take the information that's being presented and then we... We dissect it again. I'm not I'm not like a UFO guy myself, but I've heard stories from from people that I I trust. Same thing with the ghosts. I've never seen ghosts, but I've talked to people that are, aren't religious, aren't spiritual in any ways. And they've had these weird encounters. So that kind of evidence makes me really questioned. Mm-hmm. Like do they, they have no reason to make that kind of stuff up. So, yeah, I don't know. I, the stuff with Greer, man, he he puts on one hell of an act if it's an act. I'm going to well, go like you said, I'm gonna go back and watch that
0: Rogan one that he did a while back. Uh-huh. It's it's interesting to see Rogan's take on it cuz like he, you know, he was all you know, all in on the one the one with Stephen Greer, but then uh when Stephen Tyler was on and brought up Stephen Greer like, like <laughs> three or four years later, it was kind of the opposite. He's like he's like I I interviewed him. He's a nice guy and stuff, but then he's like I you know, you have to be careful when people are making money and this and that. So, um I don't think about it that way. I think again, that he believes what he's experiencing and his calling and what he's trying to do hundred percent. I just don't know if, it, if that's true or not, you know, if, if the, what's going on is true, obviously. Cause I mean, we could st- oh, go in circles all day, like from like a philosophy standpoint, but it's like this whole, you know, things evolving every second of every day. Science is evolving. Everything's evolving, our consciousness is evolving. So to just, come out and say oh i have all the answers i i don't believe anybody that says they have all the answers in terms of them having all the answers you know maybe they've got a small part of the picture or maybe they've got um some knowledge that others don't but for somebody to come out and say they have all the answers i've never believed that person
2: yeah it almost seems like he was kind of creating his own war against the tsa people again i'm not supporting one or the other i know the tsa are trying to or yeah the, to the stars Academy they're trying <laughs> to t- develop <laughs> you know what I'm saying everybody that's tuned in know what up but no like they, they they have like plans to make fictional TV or fictional movies so who knows what their intentions are clearly they're trying to make some kind of money because you can donate to them but again right. what are they doing with the money who, wh- how much is actually going to the projects it's a, it's all it's all interesting and it's all. Well, look. It's up for your, if you uh... run
0: an organization like that, you have to make money, and that's what I was talking about. Bringing in this element of competition and like market, you know, you you're in the stock market game. You understand how that works. You need mm-hmm. there to be competition for, um, you know, the more. I guess maybe there isn't that because there's not enough demand yet. So if people were demanding more answers or demanding that we figure out about the aliens maybe that more things would pop up and there would be more research and more different points of view. And maybe we would get to more, some sort of, you know, uh, more of an understanding about what's going on. So I think that that's entirely possible as well. But I mean,
2: yeah, you just got to take your time with this stuff. Not that the answer isn't going to come overnight. And in our today, our society today, everybody wants answers and quick fixes.
0: Well, here's the thing is it's exciting to have some sort of knowledge or even if it's just a fleeting thought that, oh, life exists, you know, it's exciting. People uh-huh. people want to believe just like people want to believe there's an afterlife for sure or that there's somebody looking out for, for us above for sure or our family members are surrounded us and we can't see them and we'll meet up with them. You know, those are very appealing things to think about and very exciting and any sort of evidence to maybe point to the fact that that could be true. um, I think it gets the juices flowing for sure. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, again, you have to take a step back and you have to kind of look at it. Our minds move so quickly. They're so impressionable. You kind of just have to pick these things apart, and it's um, just kind of the way it works.
2: Yeah, which we do a pretty good job. Like when I was talking about those ghost stories, I was playing devil's advocate, no pun intended, that I was saying, hey, well, if you're watching all this stuff, and then you're going to sleep. That might be uh, creating more of a of a vision, if you will. Right. So, you know, these people that are surrounding themselves with alien stuff day in day out, they might be the ones more inclined to see something. I don't know.
0: The mind again. I is I'll, powerful. I will
2: keep saying the mind
0: is so powerful. I mean, you can make yourself believe things, and I know that from having OCD. You can convince yourself of things that no one else can see or no one else could even understand. So, um, Yeah. and in that regard, um, but the, the difference there is that so many people see things, so many people experience abductions, so many people experience all these different things, these weird things that there's obviously something going on, whether it's mm-hmm. consciousness related or, um, it's mind manifesting for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. And, and I, but I, I do think it's definitely worth checking out. CE5. It's very well made. Jeremy Piven, as you mentioned early on, narrates it, with he does a good job narrating it. I thought, um, yeah, a nice,
2: calm, calming voice. And
0: like yeah, from a documentary standpoint, it's, it's well put together. I, I don't know that I would have, you know, again, we can talk about the logistics of it all day long, but, um, I thought I liked where they went with the consciousness stuff aspect of it. I think in his other movies, he makes it a point to talk about all the government stuff and the cover-ups and this and that, and, um, all that kind of stuff. But I thought that straying away from that and getting into what can we do to interact with these things now, or what can we do to, um, interface with, with this intelligence if it exists I think taking those steps is is a great step. I think that that's the kind of thinking and stuff is, you know, just get up and do it, you know, don't sit there and think about it, just do something. Mm-hmm. So.
2: Yeah, it almost seems like his his videos are evolving. Yeah. So that's a good thing.
0: Well, I think the, the now the ufo community as a whole is more accepting of the whole consciousness and paranormal aspect of it where before it seemed kind of separate like if you believed in ghosts you believed in ghosts if you believed in aliens you believed in aliens and now yeah there's, yeah. there's kind of like a crossover happening which is people acknowledging and you can go to like jock filet's passport to magnolia which is maybe it's all the same thing putting on different masks, masks. you know to kind of interface with you with whatever you're you're learning at the time so
2: yeah that's a good i like that well
0: let's wrap it up that was a good one thank you again to matt tiller again everybody go check out his stuff uh he's been putting out some good videos he's got some good interviews on there um and uh, check out our patreon at patreon.com slash mike and maurice for two dollars a month you'll get exclusive content i am uploading um Uh, Our Patreon with Peter Schurstedt. I was having some computer issues, but I I have a separate recording. I forgot that the software we use records it separately, so I'm going to upload that um, later. That's a
2: juicy one, baby. Everybody Uh, tune in for that. So that'll be up on
0: our Patreon. I'll make that a video and audio um, for our patrons. And uh, check out our website, Mike and MauriceMindEscape.com. Uh, if you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify or whatever, please subscribe and uh, like like our stuff. And um, that's it.
2: Got that. We got those uh, earthquake episodes coming up this week. Or Super the volcano. volcano. Super yep. volcano.
0: And, uh, yeah, we have some more guests coming up as well. So just stay tuned and stay safe out there.
2: Peace. Cheers.